Hello, 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 everybody. We are back for another wonderful Monday of Common Sense Uncensored, and I am so, so excited today because I have an individual with me who uh, authored... You want to pop that music down for me there, Paul? Uh, I have an individual with me today named Aman Jabi, and he's going to give you his credentials and stuff, but I have to tell you that we will have a link out there for you so that you can see his presentation. He is the author of Digital Identity or Digital Prison, and what this is going to involve is the smart cities and some of the other smart things that are coming forward to us today. So, Aman, thank you thank you so much for being being with us today. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Uh, thank you for hosting me. I appreciate it. Not a problem. Can you tell us a little bit about your background? Because I know you have something to do with the cameras and my phones, but I'm going to let you explain it. I have over 25 years uh, of experience in Silicon Valley. Uh, I come from originally from India. Um, I came to study for graduate school here. I studied uh, electrical engineering at Penn State and uh, computer science at Stanford, the latter while I was working in my first Silicon Valley job at Sun Microsystems. My professional background primarily involves visual computing, and I worked on computer graphics uh, for Hollywood studios and animation computers. I worked on... uh, video game chip machines. Uh, And then in the last 15 to 20 years, I've been involved more with mobile photography and building image sensors and cameras for mobile phones. Uh, I've also worked on international standards such as MPEG and JPEG, etc., which became part of uh, streaming applications such as YouTube and Netflix, etc. So I have... And in the process of my career in Silicon Valley, I was also a co-founder of two camera startup companies. Um, I ran one company as a CEO for four years. I have a deep understanding of how venture capital uh, works and how all the technology is being developed in Silicon Valley and beyond. Uh, I left Silicon Valley over three years ago and moved to Montana once I connected all the dots as to what the agendas were and how the technology combined with all the COVID theater was being used to build a new transformation called the digital transformation combined with a new international economic order. And so I moved to Montana where the population is lower. It's extremely cold. (laughs) I'm not (laughs) laughing at you. I understand. Not a lot of people like to be where it's cold. Yeah, I'm still trying to weather the weather here. Well, listen. But that's kind of my background in the nutshell. Yeah. Um, you interested me because you, you've obviously got the bona fides. You, you, you've got the background on this because a lot of times people like to think that I wear my tinfoil hat at a jaunty angle when I bring up subjects like this because it's quite frankly a lot of times beyond the average person's concept that technology has progressed to the point where it's becoming extremely dangerous if it's not under good guardianship. And at this point, it doesn't appear to be under good guardianship at all. And they're, they're getting in really tight with, with this uh, 
facial recognition and being able to identify each ind- each person. And when I watched your presentation, you said that literally the face is as distinctive as a fingerprint, correct? Yeah, it's a biometric footprint, essentially. Like the face print is your biometrics. So whether it comes from your face or your, you know, uh, thumbs or other aspects of your body, but the facial recognition is um, non-invasive and people have been accepting it um, as a Trojan horse for convenience and data security when they started to buy the iPhones and Samsungs with face recognition to unlock your phone. That's what scared me so much is because pretty much they have to ask permission to get your fingerprint or you have to do something bad to be fingerprinted by the police. But when I was listening to you speak, you said that literally the cameras right now that are oftentimes just on the road, we have cameras in in my small town above all of the intersections and stuff, that those cameras are actually capable of if you are driving by or walking by, taking facial recognition, and that becomes part of the system without your permission. No, many of them are, they cannot do facial recognition. Okay. Some can, but the ones at intersections typically are, are being sold to, uh, to us as lane detection cameras. They can't do facial recognition from that distance. Okay. Uh, they are more a combination of, uh, you know, identifying your car, identifying where your car is, uh, identifying the speed of your car. If they are in near infrared, they are meant to see your car in the dark. Uh, some of them could be automated license plate readers to identify your car and the specific ownership. Um, so at intersections, typically the ones on the poles, uh, those are not facial recognition cameras, but all cameras that are connected to the Internet and most are, are used in a surveillance grid of data collection and then ultimately scoring and uh, the new financial system. So none of them are good. So is this what China's doing when they're doing their uh, social credit system and people that if you if you walk into a place, they can spot immediately whether or not you are should be allowed in and whether or not you have the social credits to be allowed in or purchase? They've been doing that for a few years. It's already it's also been done in our country. It's just that they haven't told us that they're doing it yet. They haven't turned on all the switches to prevent you from accessing things yet, but the scoring has started. Wow. Oh, I'm not going to be in a very good spot. You, you mentioned that they're, they're starting out by trying to sell you with the carrot, was your exact word, with the convenience and, of course, my personal favorite, safety and security. But sooner or later, you mentioned that they're going to start coming after those of us who don't wish to comply with the stick. And that's probably going to be coming at us through the UN, Correct. Well, the UN is uh, Sustainable Development Goals is the blueprint and architecture of how all this is going to be implemented, right? So they are forming the blueprint through the Sustainable Development Goals. And what is being done is that private corporations through a concept called ESG, which is Environmental, Social and Governance, So ESG compliance is being used to force suppliers, customers, and employees across corporations to push the UN Sustainable Development Goals agenda, which is a green agenda, which is 
uh, a net zero and a carbon currency based agenda where everything is tracked and all the carbon scoring is done on every activity of employees, suppliers, customers and more. The S component of the ESG is about diversity, equity, inclusivity, which is uh, doing the social scoring. Um, so all these uh, movements that have been happening in the last several years with Black Lives Matter and LGBTQ and social justice reform, prison justice reform, these are not organic. They're being done by design in order to build a social scoring system, so to speak. Is there anywhere re really today where you can get away from this? Because I know my phone probably is listening, my television's listening. Is Unless you have completely no electronic devices on at all, is there any place you can go where you can be assured that a conversation isn't going to be somehow compromised? It's tough. Uh, I mean, for instance, if you have a phone and you can't get rid of your smartphone, at least use a Faraday bag, which kind of seals off all wireless communications while the you know, devices in the bag. So one can at a personal level do a few things uh, to protect yourself from eavesdropping and surveillance. Uh, preferably not have Wi-Fi in your home because uh, Wi-Fi is also, you know, partly surveillance and partly uh, it also is bad for your health in many ways. We but I think the bigger, the thing I, I like to speak about it, it's, you know, everyone's got personal choices and you are free to give up your data as you please from your own personal devices. I wouldn't recommend it, but I can't tell people what to do. Mm -hmm. The bigger issue is being data collected and data harvested through uh, the smart city hardware infrastructure that's being installed uh, in public places as well as in, uh, you know, corporate uh, stores and retail stores because we haven't asked for it. The public was never consulted in any country, in any state, in any city, in any county. And it's being put put up as weapons of foreign invaders, essentially. Because make no mistake, the smart light grid combined with the 5G and 6G infrastructure is nothing short of weapons that are 100 times more potent than any invasion that you can have on your land. You mentioned the, the 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 smart lights and the smart poles, and when when I watched your presentation, you were saying that the street lights are actually going to be capable of facial recognition. They're going to be capable of docking for drones on top, and that they might actually have, in certain circumstances, a is it a tonal weapon? You call it the vomit weapon, but it's an LED incapacitator. Okay, it's. Uh, LED incapacitator was a project funded by Department of Homeland Security 15 years ago with a private uh, corporation, and then it was transferred to one of the R&D institutions at Penn State University for further development. I don't know where it has come uh, in terms of maturity yet, but I can bet you that all these streetlights uh, are effectively a part of a kill grid. And these streetlights, if someone, if let's say they have a riot or whatever that they think that they need to control, they can actually basically uh, set some sort of a signal that will cause an individual to collapse on the ground. Some of them can, yes. Uh, I, I will have to be 
you know, shown specific specifications of certain lights to be able to uh, isolate what one certain LED light can or cannot do. Wow. You but know... in general, uh, these LED lights are wireless computers. They communicate with each other as well as they communicate with all wireless devices that are going near them through either Wi-Fi or other wireless protocols. So any cars driving, any persons walking or driving with a cell phone or other wireless devices on them, all the data is being harvested through the smart lights, a wireless network. This must be why uh, sometimes I'll mention something to my husband or if I'm out on Facebook, I may not punch on something, but I may look at an ad for a little bit longer than normal or whatever. And the next thing I know, I'm getting my feeds just crashed with all kinds of stuff regarding that ad. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's because everything is being uh, uh, about your behavior is being identified in real time all the time. And so AI algorithms on all the applications are updating your behavior and what they want to feed into you. How are we going to get people to understand that this isn't necessarily for the good of mankind? In fact, Google is investing $2 billion in Anthropic, um, a company that actually the, the person that developed the company said it, that AI could annihilate humanity. And he said that there's a 10 to 25% chance that AI will take mankind down. What's the name of the company? It says Anthropic, A-N-T-H-R-O-P-I-C, and it says Google just invested $2 billion in it. And the guy's name is Dario. It looks like Amodi, A-M-O-D-E-I. And he said, he said that it's funny because he's the guy that developed the company, but he's, he's out there saying uh, there's a chance that uh, 10 to 25% chance that AI is going to be the downfall of mankind. And I'm just wondering, why would you develop something that has got... Is is the it's not the AI that's at fault, but it's kind of like the guy that invented dynamite. Uh, he didn't think that it was going to be used for bad, and well, we all know that that went south. So, I'm I'm trying to struggle to to understand how we're going to get people to understand that for their safety and security, this stuff could be really really bad. Yeah, it's going to be really bad. But I mean, now that you brought up. Okay, so I'm not familiar with Anthropic, but I will follow up after our conversation, or maybe during the break I'll look at it. Awesome, because yeah, it just uh, came through that Google invested two billion in the company, and and uh, the guys, right? The guys out so, there going, uh, not a good thing, people. So I'm like, what do you mean? So it, one of the things that you know one should understand is the AI is being pushed just like most technology innovations are pushed is because money is printed at the Federal Reserve then pushed down to Wall Street, private equity and venture capital. And these funds at the venture capital companies are humongous. Yes. And it's a shiny object, right, for entrepreneurs saying, hey, if you develop something in AI, whether it's in, you know, AI app open, uh, AI for chat GPT or some other design we will fund you. And so entrepreneurs go up, come, come up with great ideas. And then it's literally money being used to manipulate what technology is developed. It doesn't happen organically. 
Okay. Ugh. I got to take right? a real... So artificial intelligence is essentially, think of it as, you know, all sorts of algorithms running in the cloud. And once you start using AI algorithms to solve problems, humanity will continue to get dumber and dumber and because we... you're relying on AI, essentially. We don't have so, far to go. <laughs> I've got like to take... If I had to do a project in my when I did when I used to do complex projects in my twenties and thirties, you know, whether you're developing computers or you're designing cameras, uh-huh. if I had opened uh, AI Chat GPT and asked Chat GPT to design my lens, my one year of thinking and struggling with complex problems would never have been part of my journey. I just have the output of whatever I wanted in seconds, so I would never have been able to you know, develop a maturity in the way I think or how I solve problems. So the more we use AI at any level, the dumber we're going to get as a civilization. So I'd say in the end, yes, it will be, it will cause human extinction. And I'm pretty sure of it. Okay, I want to get back to that. But first, I have to take my very first profit margin break for Oh for Heaven's Cake, because there's nothing better than treating yourself to some good homemade baked goods. And that's where Oh for Heaven's Cakes comes in. You'll find the best cupcakes and cakes for any special occasion or for just a treat. Walk in to find out more, but I'm warning you, you won't want to leave and you certainly won't leave empty handed. Oh for Heaven's Cakes is located on the north back side of the Grand Cities Mall. They're open Tuesdays through Friday from 10 to 4 and Saturdays from 9 to noon. Call 701-757-CAKE. That's 701-757-2253. Or go to Oh for Heaven's Cakes at yahoo.com and you can be a beautiful cupcake in a world full of muffins. That's Oh for Heaven's Cakes in the Grand Cities Mall. Okay, I I wanted to mention the fact that you mentioned the digital, you know, the, the, that they're printing money and stuff, and it just came out on the 8th of November that the European digital identity, the Council and Parliament reached a provisional agreement on doing this with the approval of the uh, European digital identity regulation, which is the fundamental step so that citizens, and I will quote, can have a unique and secure European digital identity. And this will advance the European Union to being a global, global reference in the digital field, protecting our democratic rights and values. What do you feel about that definition? I love the cute language. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it's all kind of... Uh, it's a Trojan horse, right? Yep. I think people need to understand that a digital ID is essentially once you accept a digital ID, you're you are signing up for a slavery system of compliance because everybody's digital ID is going to be connected to a digital currency uh, linked to all the data on a blockchain, all your data on a blockchain forever. The very next and- paragraph. Under the new law, member states will offer citizens and businesses digital wallets that will be able to link their national digital identities with proof of other personal attributes, example, driver's license, diplomas, or bank accounts. That is correct. Uh, I think I I laid out in my presentation uh, as clearly as possibly I can. But really, the digital wallet is essentially your... what is holding your digital currency and it's a currency of compliance because it's going to have your carbon score, your social credit score, 
or your reputational capital, your job status, your medical status, and essentially everything else which is going to be related to compliance. We are going to be moving from a currency where the currency is about creating value to a currency where values extracted behavior values extracted from you and your behavior so compliance is currency pardon me compliance is currency exactly so the more compliant you are the richer you're going to be and as always it says the wallet will be free to use for natural persons by default, the wallet's business model and everything else, again, will be free. Validation of electronic attributes and member states will all be free of charge. That's yep. the carrot. That's the carrot as well as uh, nothing comes for free because all the language that's coming from the UN, the World Economic Forum and all these private organizations masquerading as, uh, you know, non-governmental organizations through treaties, etc. It's all inverted. All the language is inverted. So if you look at the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals and uh, look at what the goals are, the language is inverted. So SDG 1 will say no poverty. It's really about making everyone in the first world poor and bringing them down to the third world level. The elimination of the middle class. SDG 2 is about no hunger. It's all about taking away farms, uh, you know, natural farming and moving to synthetic foods and GMO, GMO foods and 3D printed meats. So people should understand how the language is being used to manipulate uh, messaging. You know, you mentioned something in, in your presentation about the grocery stores, and you you said that the, the massive waves of shoplifting and stuff that are occurring in many of our larger cities right now is not by accident. That eventually, almost everything is probably going to be behind lock and key, and you're going to walk in and look at like a kiosk of pictures and say what you want, and then they're going to decide whether or not you can have it based upon your social credit score and what's in your digital wallet. That's right. Wow. It's all being done by design. Uh, I lived in San Francisco before moving here and they, they were, they, they had uh, all the security guards at all retail stores and shops were given orders to stand down whenever there was theft. And then people would be filming all these teenagers and others coming in black hoodies, uh, picking up merchandise and walking away. So they were setting a precedence and building a narrative about how bad the crime is in California. And so slowly but surely, products started to go behind plexiglass doors with lock and key initially. And then uh, over the coming quarters, it's going to be um, automated locks, which will be unlocked through facial recognition cameras connected to your digital ID. So literally, just even the freedom of being able to take a cart and walk down an aisle of a grocery store is going to even be gone eventually. Yeah, if we comply. I, I think the, one of the reasons I, I speak about what I do is to raise awareness so that people understand that this can be stopped. If everybody stops going to the stores that are putting products behind glass doors or requiring facial recognition to open a door, that store will go out of business, so they'll have to take it down. But if we start complying, just like most Americans did after 9-11, going through scanners and metal detectors, it became normal. 
you know, but if most of us had said no after 9-11, it wouldn't have happened. I find it interesting that you mentioned uh, 9-11 and, and the the homeland security and some of the restrictions and stuff. And then, of course, we just saw a ton of these rest- restrictions that erupted during COVID that they that they put us through. I look at a lot of this as conditioning, and they're going to tell us that our life will actually be freer with all of these AI additives, but in reality, it will be the exact opposite. So pretty much what you're saying is, if they're saying it's one thing, it's actually going to be the other. Exactly. Wow. I would like to know, uh, the thing is, I believe that the next big thing that they're going to be targeting is water. And what I'm looking at is, uh, everybody's getting all of these smart meters. Anytime somebody puts smart in front of something... I I get a chill because to me that's a bad thing. And all of these new new electric meters and water meters and stuff are being demanded that they're being put in. You can't refuse one or you'll be fined in my little town 50 bucks a month. So is this going to be actually their way of being able to meter how much electricity you're allowed, how much water you're allowed and everything else? That's right. Basically the idea is... So what they've been doing over the last several years is being uh, pushing the narrative of scarcity, that water is a scarce commodity, right? Energy, electricity is scarce. So they have, um, they manipulate power outages at a certain frequency in every state and every jurisdiction around the world to give the impression that everything is scarce. And in the name of that scarcity, they want to, have equity and inclusivity across all populations. So that is why they're they're using all those narratives through the SDGs of the United Nations to kind of equalize everything. Now, specifically, I think people should know what SMART stands for. SMART is an acronym. There's multiple acronyms, but the primary acronym is Self-Monitoring Analytics and Reporting Technology. Wow. That's not so good. Anything smart is all about, like, so if you have a smart appliance in your house, whenever that appliance is in use, it is wirelessly communicating its voltage and current usage directly to the smart meter in your house in real time, which is then wirelessly communicating it to your electric company. So your electric company is updating your real time usage of your carbon footprint as you use your dishwasher or as you use your washing machine or your you know food blending processor etc is that why there's this big push to get everything off natural gas and everything else and make sure everything's electric because it's easier to monitor it's it's basically easier to monitor measure analyze monetize and manage oh wow and then once we get our cars on there katie bar the door cuz there won't be any place else to go Yep, and once they move, they want to get rid of all internal combustion engine cars by 2035 in terms of sales and move everything to electric. Um, once they move everything to electric, then they control through the electric companies and the artificial intelligence grid when you can charge your electric car, how much you can charge it, if at all you can charge it. So they'll have total control of everything. Of mobility. Mm-hmm. Now, 
how does this affect people like my husband and I live rural? So I know we've got rural electric, but we have well water and stuff. And, you know, push comes to shove. We could figure out a way to get the get the electricity to pump that stuff up. But is is the they're going to be working to control everything like our well water and everything else then? They are going to try. Uh, I know for a fact that in Montana, about a year and a half ago, uh, many homes around Montana got letters saying that the water rights have been given to the Indian tribes in Montana. Uh, and if you look at those Indian tribe uh, names, they are all private corporations. So it's kind of a psyop. So the federal government, through various treaties with Indian tribes, are giving the water rights to the native Indians in Montana and some other states possibly. And then if they own the water, they can be then told through treaties with the United Nations that we need to have the water taxed. And in order to tax fairly, you need to put a smart meter on your well. So those are the kinds of things that are going to happen. And it's up to us to stop all this nonsense. I've got to do one more break because we're at the halfway point. This is going very, very quickly for me. But Paul, could you do an ad for me for executive properties? Are you still putting off that project around the house that's been bugging you forever? Do you think you can wait until spring and call a contractor and have the work done ASAP? Well, good luck with that. Executive Properties has openings right now to get that project done. In fact, you can check out their Google reviews. Diane says Executive Properties did a roof project and remodeled a bathroom in our house. We were happy with their quality of work, and the projects were completed in a timely manner. We will use Executive Properties for our next home project. Get that project done sooner than later. Call Executive Properties, 701-330-1273. Call now to make sure you're on their schedule for snow removal because those boys will get the job done for you and make sure you can get out. Um, Ahmad, I want my husband. My husband is here. His name is Bruce, and I would like him to uh, relate to you. I related to you when we talked on the phone, but he had a story where he went to a, one our, our farm location, and it was, uh, let's just say he had a story that uh, didn't make sense until I saw your presentation. Honey. Yes, I uh- this is very, very scary. I mean, I read uh, 1984, George Orwell. All it was is he's only about 50 years off because we're going down a really, really bad slope. And one of the things that I was going to talk about was my story when I went down to my farm about seven hours away. And I was in the barn uh, doing doing some work and a game warden came up to the barn and he started asking me questions and I was thinking about about trespassing on my neighbors a year before you know and it's like going I kept thinking how the heck did he know I was here on this farm because I'm I'm in him several hours away and there's nobody we're really a secluded farm and it's like, how the heck did he find me, or why would he? And to get to me, he had to go past my brother, who was in the in the uh, uh, on on the driveway, right in front of him, and he had to drive a, down to the barn. So he had a he didn't drive to the house like most people would to come and meet meet somebody, but he went right down to the barn, and he says, "You're Bruce Moe? And I says, "Yeah." And he says, 
Well, about a year ago, your neighbor said you you were carrying a gun on his property, and uh, you're trespassing. So I says, "Oh, well, I might have been doing that because we always did that stuff because we were neighbors and we that was quite okay." But obviously, this new neighbor had some problems. But I got to say, how the heck did this game warden know what was happening? Why I was there? And he also knew you had a gun well, in the well, car. That's, a, that's another thing that was after. After I talked to him for a while, I sit there and says, "Okay, this is this isn't getting anywhere. Just give me the give me the uh, ticket. I'll take I'll take care of this." And he says, "No, that won't be necessary." But I do have to sit there, and I want to look at your car because it has a gun in it, and it's like going. All right. How did he know I had an AR in the front seat of my car? And it's like going, that was like crazy weird. And he asked me to go and see it. And he, he goes, well, you know, you can't have a, a, a bowl in the chamber or, or a magazine. I says, no, I have a, I have a concealed carry weapon, so I can do both of that. And, he, and he's like going, uh, he thought for a while. And then he goes, well, yeah, I guess you can but obviously he had an earpiece on, so he was being taught. He, somebody was listening to him. So it's just a weird thing that that's definitely an. I would assume it was an AI sort of thing. You know, drones. What? How could they see any? How could they see the uh, the gun in the car when he's, he's probably hundred yards away from it? Any idea, Avi? I mean, Amon, on how that occurred. I can't hear you. And you we just and I know I've got Sorry, I there. sorry I muted myself. That's okay. <laughs> that's all right. You had me scared because normally that's my job. So, so specifically, I mean obviously, you know, if you have a modern car, like I think two thousand and three onwards, all cars manufactured yep. and sold in the United States post two thousand and three are connected to the internet. So they can track your car even if you don't have GPS inside the car. It's a 215, 2015. Yep, that would have It's a 2015. Work. But I mean, so, I got to say. So they know where your car is at all times, essentially. And they can not only know where your car is. Uh, last 15 years, car manufactured, every module inside a car, sub-module can be controlled remotely. So they can turn off your car. They can make your car turn left or right. Even if you are at the driver's seat, they can turn off your battery. They can... They, software can control every module in your car let's just say that super uh, and then they have i mean i have read specs i've never done an experiment myself but i've read specs where certain types of radar can actually look inside your car for weapons and other things they can count people sitting in your car wow so, well he maybe would... i should add a slide related to that in my presentation that would be interesting well i know he didn't have the opportunity because his vehicle was is was blocked between another of our build, buildings between my car and his car, so I don't know how he could have done it. Oh, you'd be amazed. So that that was interesting. I'm 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 just I mean, sitting here going, this stuff is just blowing my mind because it's every time I take a look at at what's happening, um, they're going to be able to to. To track everything we do, and and I've heard that they also have the ability to to quite frankly, whether it's through geo you know, thermal or whatever, know the number of people in a car and whatever. That's correct. You keep mentioning. So the question is, what are we going to do yes, about it? Yes, you, you got me there. Happen as 
supposedly, uh, you know, free Americans. Why are we letting this happen? That's what I, was, I have questions for you. And that I, was my, one of my number one questions is what can we do? Yeah. And, and I know, I mean, I mean, besides talking about it, I mean, do you think we can get together enough to do something about it? I, I just personally don't know. believe we can, although I'm not, I'm not optimistic that we will. Well, do you trust? I don't trust the voting machines. That's on me because I know they're connected to the internet. So when I talk to people, they say, "Well, we need to get more people out to vote," and I'm like, "I don't think that's the answer." But I don't know what else to do. Well, I think the key key here is to understanding that. The United States of America is lying dormant and the United States is a corporation. So why would you be voting for people who are going to be employees of a corporation when they don't represent you and your values or your interests? This, all 50 states have been incorporated. So you're North Dakota, the state of North Dakota, the state of Montana, the state of New York, they are all part of the corporation. Corporations have bylaws and charters. All people you vote for work for the corporation. Why would you want to vote? Well, so you basically you cannot ever vote for anybody that's on the ballot because it's going to, you know, you're going to sit there and it doesn't matter whether Democrats or Republicans, how do you vote? You shouldn't vote. <laughs> Imagine if no one voted. There would be no government, and then you can decide locally how you want to live. Do do you think it's do you think it's do you think it's possible for us to save this uh, with our children? We we just lost his picture there, Paul. Or does, is that me? That was me. Never mind. <laughs> that was on me. Bad girl. The reason I'm asking is because you you also mentioned that the the social and emotional learning is working to capture our kids. And even if, even if we fight, because we're, we're older and we kind of know what's going on, is there any hope for our kids at all with all of this AI stuff take, coming take them up? Out of school, take them out of schools. All school boards, all school districts in the United States have been incorporated. So they have a communist charter for the corporation. Okay. So take them out of school. Shut down all the school districts. Do you think that's possible, that we can get enough people to wake up enough, and I hate using the term woke, but wake up enough to... <sighs> I feel like... I don't think so. As I said, can we? Yes. Do you think we will? I'm not optimistic at all. Me neither. You know, you mentioned in your presentation, and I'm urging everyone, we'll have the link out, I, I urge everyone to, to go and, and listen to... Aman's presentation because it is it is scary, but everybody needs to to see it. That you mentioned the five pillars to enslave humanity, with one being the cameras, um, two being the cloud, three being hardware, software slash AI, four being the data blockchain, and five being zero trust cybersecurity. Could you go over those for me, starting with the cameras, LED, etc. Yeah. So essentially, there's a digital transformation that is taking place uh, in the world, and it's being 
executed by private corporations and all government agencies. Uh, so everyone is required to move all their systems, applications, computers, servers, everything within the framework of this digital transformation. That means the first pillar for enslavement is the IoT, which is the Internet of Things, which is essentially all the sensors of cameras, radar, LED smart lights connected to 5G uh, towers, and then ultimately to the Internet. They, they are meant for data harvesting and data collection of everything in the world. Wow. And this includes cameras in space, cameras in your home, cameras on streets, cameras in retail stores, everything. And the LED smart light grid, whether it's inside your house or the smart lights on the streets and highways. This data then goes to the cloud, which is the second pillar. And the cloud is owned by private corporations like Google, Apple, Amazon, etc. Then AI algorithms, software and hardware are operating on the data that's sent to the cloud, captured by the IoT. And then AI makes sense of the data and then puts all this you know, relevant data and information on a blockchain, which is basically a bunch of servers in the cloud. And then the data on the blockchain is compared to your behavior, social compliance, carbon usage, etc. So whenever you want to do any activity, it's in the digital realm, whether you want to access the internet, open a door in a grocery store, enter a shop, whatever. And the cybersecurity protocols will then decide whether that door opens or not. And the cybersecurity protocol is called zero trust. That means by default, we don't trust you. You are an enemy of the state. You're a bad doobie. And we are going to deny you everything until your social credit, carbon score, etc. on a blockchain linked to your digital ID proves otherwise. You know, people have been worried about the fact that uh, they're talking about inserting these little um, readers about the size of a rice grain underneath the skin that you're going to be able to use to paper everything. That's kind of seems to me at this point to be a red herring because they're not even going to need to do that. I, I completely agree with that. It, it's just, it's throwing the people off and trying to say, oh, since I don't have a chip, this is not happening. Whereas in reality, this is happening because they don't need a chip. It's happening by virtue of your identity and your face. And our kids, because our kids, uh, I'm, I'm looking at children two and three years old with with phones in front of them. Uh, they're just... Their eyes are being tracked. Their faces are being recognized. Their emotions are being logged. It's from cradle to career. You mentioned eye tracking and things, and I find this interesting because I was listening to a, a program the other day, and it was a, a person who works in... Um, in animal husbandry and stuff, and she does wild geese, and they've started facial recognition mapping of geese because they've discovered that each goose has a distinct bill shape, like our facial shape. And she says they've got it now, so it's over 99% effective that in a crowd of geese, they can pick out specific geese and tell you which one it is without having to tag them. 
I'm not surprised because their goal is to track not just humans. They want to track everything in nature and every animal. And they are, the, the goal is to be able to measure everything because anything that can be measured can be monetized as well as managed. So it's a new financial system. They've already started, uh, you know, a new class of um, assets related to nature called NACs, which is natural natural asset classes in Wall Street. And they are now trading uh, water and trees and nature and carbon. So um, if you don't mind, I'm going to jump in here really quick. Um, I'm the producer here, and I just have a question for you because, you know, you talk about all these things uh, that are AI-generated as far as facial recognition, people being watched. But my question is, I don't understand how you could this could be implemented because, I mean, how many people would actually be watching the behaviors of, what is it, 3 billion people on Earth? I mean... It's not people watching, though. It's not people. There's zero people watching anything that I'm talking about. It's all AI. algorithms. It's all AI and algorithms. And they, am I correct, Aman, in saying that they actually can track the, the, the uh, size of your pupils? Because obviously when you're, if you see something you like, there's a change in the, in the size of your pu- pupil in your eye. So they can get to that nth of a degree? It depends on the uh, cameras that are looking at you. So like, for instance, if you're wearing a virtual reality or augmented reality headset, they have eye tracking cameras. Wow. And they're pushing that really hard right now, the metaverse. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. I've but got... a regular camera in a store is not going to be able to identify uh, the details of your pupils or uh, no, iris. But it's almost Christmas and people are going to be willingly going out to buy all of that augmented reality stuff. And they're going to be throwing those goggles on in a heartbeat. There you go. Oh, my last my last commercial break for Churchill Shoes. Take it away, Paul. Churchill Shoes has moved. One of the largest SaaS dealers in the upper Midwest is now in the Grand Cities Mall and ready to find you a pair of shoes that you will love. At Churchill Shoes, they measure both feet to make sure you're getting the proper fit. They carry men's and women's styles and offer free special orders when shoes aren't in stock and free in-town delivery. Churchill Shoes has operated in Grand Forks for over 65 years and over 75 years of shoe fitting experience on their staff and can cater to all of your footwear needs. Open Monday through Friday from 9 to 5 and Saturday from 9 to 3. Call 701-772-8256 or online at churchillshoesnd.com. Next time you're in need of footwear, Give us a try. Your feet will be glad you did. Churchill Shoes in the Grand City Mall. My producer just came and talked to me, and he mentioned the fact that uh, they've got these new glasses similar to the ones that I'm wearing, but where you've literally got your computer and the metaverse and stuff is going to be embedded in the glasses. So that would be another manner of easily being able to, to monitor your eyes as well, would it not? Absolutely. That project was started by Google called Google Gloss, I think more than 10 years ago. They shut it down. I don't know if they've restarted it, but there are so many companies working on all variations of uh, uh, putting on mixed reality glasses and mixed reality headsets. 
in order to merge man and machine and your entire experience between the real world and the virtual world and the augmented worlds. Do you foresee a day when there will be, and I'm going to make a stretch by calling them people, who will no longer necessarily be able to tell the difference between reality and virtual? Because they don't know. We're already there. We're already there. How many people know what actually is going on in the world? You're right. That's what's so scary about this. We are, we are cyborgs and we have been cyborgs for a while now. If people don't know what a cyborg is, it's a cybernetic organism. And cybernetics is a kind of a warfare. But really it's about using humans or machines or a combination of both and putting a feedback loop to manipulate the outcome of their behavior. And this has been happening for a long time. Well, they're, they're kind of easing us in because I was reading this article here where a, a robot, which was designed in, uh, in South Korea to stack boxes in a warehouse, apparently mistook its uh, robot technician for just another box. And it reached out, grabbed him, and smashed him against the conveyor belt uh, sufficiently enough to kill him. So I'm sitting here thinking that the more they're that they're in- integrating these these robots into positions like this, where right now even in town here, you we've got robots that bring bring food to your table after you've ordered it and stuff. That that line between humanity and technical is is being grayed and erased every day. Yeah, it is. I mean, the it's also. There's another concept by the same agenda pushers called the fourth industrial revolution. Uh, and so this is, we are, they are ushering in a fourth industrial revolution where it's going to be about the GRIN technologies, G-R-I-N, which is genetics, robotics, infotech, and nanotech. And with the fourth industrial revolution, more and more work will be done in the metaverse or the omniverse. There are lots of different words being thrown around depending on the corporations. But essentially, a lot of like people who are working in, say, in industry, in manufacturing, automotive, uh, you know, consumer devices, they'll be building products in the metaverse before they are finally actually sent into production. And so we are going to be sitting more and more behind these mixed reality and virtual reality headsets at work if you want to keep your job. So that's how they're going to push us. And they also... Professional background. And then robots are going to start replacing right. human beings. They already have, I mean, Amazon warehouses, they have hundreds and thousands, hundreds of thousands of robots worldwide, if not millions. That's why they don't need as many of us. Move packages. That's that's Pardon why me? that's why they don't need as many of us. That's why humans literally that's right are, yeah. are going to become obsolete. That's right. Point out one and more thing because I, I've been the dealing with this agenda. I've been dealing. I, I've been researching this augmented and virtual reality thing for a while. I actually have five virtual reality headsets in the studio, um, and there's a movie called Valkyrie that came out. I want to say probably seven or eight years ago, and it talks about. People going into uh, the virtual reality world and doing shopping. 
And I think it's really interesting what you're talking about because now you're going to have people that just spend their life in their apartment complex and they're actually going to be going out shopping to say Macy's or whatever it is, but it's all going to be virtual clothing for their virtual reality avatar. And the, what you're in, when you're talking about like, you know, this eye recognition and people just being lost in this virtual reality world. And then the consumer is now spending all of their money on virtual reality, you know, nonsensical things because they're already doing it in um what's it Fortnite, where you know these kids are buying clothes for their avatar i mean that is ridiculous it seems to be working though they seem to be that's kind of what i meant when i said it's going to start with our children yeah i mean what the producer just said is absolutely accurate and there's a concept called the digital twin so the moment we go into a website like Facebook or, you know, an app, Facebook or Instagram, essentially it's our digital twin that's traversing that world. And over time, think of it as right now, you're, we went from websites to apps on our devices and those apps will then eventually be in three dimensions with our digital twins and our avatars is another word for it. We'll be traversing the metaverse. And will we really own anything? Because you mentioned also that if you own a house, a house, it equals an asset. And what they're planning to do is use the digitalization to actually tokenize all your assets by a, a value assigned by the government, which allows you to basically own nothing. No government is in play here. All governments are corporations. So I think that's a very kind of important thing that people need to understand okay but everything will be tokenized and all assets will be tokenized and tokenization is basically the ability for the corporations to surround your asset with conditions and those conditions can be in the form of behavior or carbon-based conditions energy-based conditions what you might call smart contracts so you may or may not have access to your own assets that you think you own. You know, this reminds me, if I go back in history, to when the individuals worked for the coal mines. And they uh, their housing was, was owned by the, the coal mines, so they paid rent to the coal mine. They had to shop in the coal mine store. Everything that they got was provided by the coal mine. And so at the end of the week... When they came to get their paycheck, everything, their rent, their groceries and everything else was deducted by their pay, from their paycheck. And usually at the end of the week, they ended up actually owing more than they earned. So they would walk out with nothing. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, a similar thing can happen here, but it will be done by algorithms rather than by the coal mining uh, corporations. Yeah. <sighs> We seem to be going backwards rather than forwards. Sorry, just really no. uh, quickly, because um, I think I said Valkyrie. Uh, the, the name of that movie is Valerian. It's, it's something that, that I know. We've been seeing, we've been being warned. Paul makes a valid thing. We've been watching movies like this for a long time, telling us what's coming and been entertained. And I think that's almost why nobody believes it's really happening, because almost everybody you talk to goes, oh, I saw a movie like that. Yeah, yeah. it didn't end well, but, you know, that's not really happening. But it is. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, if you, 
if i go back in time uh, while i was growing up i didn't realize that these uh, movies were all about predictive programming telling us what's coming but it was made to look like it's all uh, sci-fi and yes. futuristic stuff it's it scares me it just scares me and i it I know that Australia just had an outage. Uh, it's called a, their Opus, and so and their entire all Wi-Fi and everything just bang was gone, and it was gone. Everything from trains couldn't run to automatic cat feeders didn't work and stuff. So, could they at 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 any time just decide that a certain area is being um, uncooperative and just you have nothing, no water, no electricity, no nothing, and you're off the grid? Bang. That can happen, but what is actually happening, if you think about it, is they are doing another psyop, right? Where okay. they're going to blame uh, hackers. Uh, okay. And when they blame hackers, then they push more security and safety by your internet provider or by your cell phone company or whatever. The and guess what? The solution is going to be a digital ID. The same thing happens when some supposed idiot goes out and shoots up a transformer and suddenly everybody's electricity is gone. Or there's a, a climate change storm comes through and suddenly a grid goes down. They're getting right. everybody used to the fact that we have to get by with less because we're, we're obviously being bad people using too much, correct? Right. Scarcity. Again, they're pushing the scarcity narrative. Wow. And it's also the problem-reaction solution, Right. Because once enough scarcity is there, the reaction is, hey, we should all have water. And they'll say, okay, we'll give you water and we're going to have a circular economy where we are going to be uh, harnessing all the water from you know, toilet to tap. And that's the plan. It's all for the greater good. <laughs> that's what we hear. Well, uh, yeah, honest to gosh, that, that, is, that is exactly what, what they keep telling us is that... Uh, the people that are out there gluing their hands to roads blocking traffic and stuff right now are convinced that Mother Earth is under attack by those of us who don't wish, wish to comply. I believe fully it is going to be our children that are going to take us down. I do. I just Because they're not going to know anything else. And our own apathy. Yeah, well, yeah. there's that. Aman, I am going to make sure that the link to digital identity or digital prison is out on my website. So what would you like to say? We have about a minute left. What would you like to say about, oh, my Lord, sir, where, where we're headed? And I don't know. I'm, I'm just sitting well, here going it's over. A, it's a very dark. I, I, I think first I'd like to say that I really appreciate it for all the people who watch my full presentation and try to grasp and understand the depth and extent of these multi-faceted and multi-dimensional agendas that are all connected to each other for one nefarious purpose. And after you understand it and grasp it, know that if you don't do your part in fighting with every bone in your body against these agendas, then you will directly contribute to the permanent enslavement of yourselves, your children and grandchildren. I agree. In fact, I don't know who said it, but there's a quote that I see where it says, the world is a dangerous place to live, not because of the people who are evil, but because of the people who don't do anything about it. I would just like one more thing before we end this. <laughs> okay. Because I, 
I'm into the sci-fi universe and not like there's all kinds of things that I've been saying have been coming true for a long time. And I would highly suggest, I mean, it's an, an animated uh, cartoon, but it's called Appleseed. And in that movie, and it came out probably, I want to say maybe almost 20 years ago, they had on augmented reality glasses that we are seeing being pushed out now. And like I said, this movie came out like 20 years ago. And all the people that were wearing them, they all got their brains hacked from wearing these glasses. And so, I mean, you you talk about sci-fi being like, you know, this isn't going to happen, blah, blah, blah. But we see it keep coming to conclusion. And these glasses that are in this movie, they turn everybody into corporate zombies. So I don't know what you think about that. But... We're in the business of conspiracy theories here, so... (laughs) What scares me so bad is that this is not conspiracy theory. This is reality, and Aman, I have to thank you so much for helping people understand that this is not people wearing their tin hat at a, you know, their tinfoil hat at a jaunty angle. This is real. Please, 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 everyone, go out. Uh, follow the link that will be posted here. Go out and see Digital Identity or Digital Prison. Make up your own minds, but at least inform yourselves because it's our future and we need to handle it because somebody else is going to handle it for us if we don't. Aman, thank you so very, very much. You are a very intelligent man, and I hope to maybe check in with you again later on to see where we're at because I don't think we're going to be getting any better. Thank you for having me. I appreciate your fight. No problem. I'm going to stay after this. Thank you so much. And everybody, that's another Common Sense Uncensored under the grid there. So everybody, you can find us out on the cloud on Rumble. <laughs> and listen, let's fight back the good fight. Common Sense Uncensored. Bye-bye. So recording is over, right? In a second. <laughs>